Just a couple notes before we get started with today's episode. Note number one is that this is part two of a two-part podcast crossover with the Comic Book Club on the Nerdist Network. If you want to listen to that first part, go to comicbookclublive.com and check out the episode there where you'll hear my voice on their podcast. But if you haven't listened to that episode yet, have no fear. This is a completely different topic than the previous one. You can just go on and listen to this one and then go back and listen to the other episode. You can do it in any order you want. It's a free country and it's your ears. Note number two is that unfortunately the audio recording from the booth for this episode was lost in the catastrophic cataclysmic events that close out part one of this crossover. So instead we had to go with the handheld device recording which I think still sounds pretty great. And finally, a lot of the visuals that we discuss in the episode will be in the show notes on our website, mattandbrettlovecomics.com. So go there and check them out. And now, enjoy the show. Comics. This is one of your hosts, Brett White, and your other host, Matt Little, is caught in a temporal vortex right now. Ooh, oh, no. Yeah, I stepped over it. <laughs> uh, so he is right now, I think, fighting a six-armed weather witch, uh, a giant dragon, uh-huh. and surfing the cosmos. Oh. On his way here, I don't know if I'm well, all the best. Thanks, Ed, bro. <laughs> uh, with me today is the three guys from Combo Club. If you're in New York City, yeah. you know these guys. If you listen to podcasts, you know these guys. Hopefully. Uh, hopefully, right? Yeah. Uh, Justin Tyler, Pete LePage, and Alex Alvin. Yay! Thank you for your show. Of course. Uh, if you are... If you are continuing the saga, then you just listened to Comic Club Live on the Nerdist yes. Network. Nice. You yes. got the first half, and now you're getting the second half, and Stanley is still alive. Stanley's still alive. alive. As far as we know. The yeah. two things that are in continuity are Stanley's uh, death or life, and our, <laughs> the amount of alcohol we've consumed. <laughs> <laughs> is there, I just wanted to check since the, our episode of Comic Book Live is the first half, and this is the second half. Yes. Were there any Red Skies podcasts? Like podcasts that just made reference to our podcast crossover event, but weren't involved. Like maybe the iFan boy was like, "I wonder if that's happening." Uh, no, I don't know how much attention they pay. No. It's, it's like if, if one of our podcasts is revealed to be in the mind of an autistic child, then every other podcast is. Oh, that's good. Yeah, we're gonna keep mentioning shows that no one has ever seen. In the bottom, yeah, Dream on, Curly Sue. You guys get these references. Shirt tails. The USA Cartoon Express. Hair bear bunch, buddy. That was great stuff. Yeah. But today we're going to be talking about. <laughs> We're going to be talking about Mute Genesis, uh, which was basically, in a way, Marvel Now for the X-Men 12 years ago. Yes. In a way. Yeah. God, Except, Marvel is just rehashing shit. God, huh? yeah. It's like comic books want to do events all of a sudden. Yeah. That's yeah. what's happening. More like Marvel then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 uh, but before we get to that, I just want to just you know let's let's get a uh, let's get a uh, an air of truth about us. Let's get okay. some comfort with each other. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone just lay yeah. hands, lay hands on. Wait, which one are we talk about first? Just relax. Who's oh, okay. running this drill? <laughs> I, I just can I add yeah. something? Peter is sitting here uh, reading the comics. I'm this. not. I've already read it. I want to refresh myself. On his iPhone. X Force. Why don't you do this for us? We'll the first one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I want to just. I want to talk to you guys about Comic Club. Can you give our listeners uh, an overview of what your show is and the the, the skinny? 
Uh, sure. Sure. Uh, a couple of years ago, I enslaved these two guys. <laughs> Whoa! Mind erased. Uh, you know, it's, it's the three of us. We talk about comic books. We have guests on, usually from the world of comedy and comic books. Chat with them for a little while, review a couple of books, and then talk about news items and take questions from the audience, give out some prizes. You know that old thing. Well, we also break like uh, extreme comic book news all the time. Yeah. Uh, we're always like really asking the tough questions. Oh yeah, yeah. we're journalists. I think mean, it's basically it's the number one podcast for whatever it is you're looking for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, cricket. Exactly. Well, yeah, we cricket. Come we to cover cricket. We cover it all. <laughs> we're the This American Life of you know regular. Yeah, from cricket to crazy. cricket, <laughs> comic book club forever. <laughs> I would like to say that one of the nicest things that uh, is said to us on a regular basis when people come see the show is that they don't know anything about comic books or may not know as much, yeah. uh, uh, but have a great time. Yeah. And to us, that's really an amazing compliment. We're, are we, we talk about something we're very passionate about, but we also try to entertain as well. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's, what, I mean, that's one of the things that we try to do in our podcast is we love comics. That's in the title of the show, Matt and Brett love comics. Yeah. Uh, and we usually try to bring in people who have never read comic book books before and throw them into the deep end. That's not happening today. <laughs> we are going to be in the deep end. We're going yeah. to you, we're gonna you be swimming. swimming. You went into the deep end that we were already there under the water waiting to pull yeah. you down. Yeah, exactly. And then <laughs> Yeah. Uh, we're going to be at the deep end of the pool that Jim Lee drew in the back of X-Men number one. Yeah, exactly. The swimsuit page. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump into the insanity that is this. Basically, yes. a little background on Mutant Genesis. If I, I-I-R-C, if I recall correctly. Uh, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, speaking into the hot initials. Now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mutant Genesis was the big relaunch of all the X-Men books. Like New Mutants became X-Force, X-Factor got a new cast. They launched an X-Men book just called X-Men, and Uncanny got a kind of a mishmash, mishmash, that's a phrase, <laughs> of, uh, of creators. Um, and it was a big Summer 91, big deal. Like, all these yeah. came out in Summer 91, they all broke a ridiculous amount of, of records. Like, X-Men yeah. number one sold like 8 million copies. I think it is the Guinness selling, like, biggest selling comic book ever. That's crazy. It takes comics nowadays months to sell even close to that. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at the sales list, like, month-to-month sales today for December, and it's like 60,000 is selling. Right. selling. Now, let's, let's, talk about, can we talk about that for a second? Yeah. Like, why did that happen? Well, why did everyone go ask, crazy? Because I know there's Spider-Man number one is the uh, typical that was, case. Yeah. Right? And Spider-Man number one was clearly... Not five billion people were like, I love Sp- Todd McFarlane, let's buy Spider-Man number one. It was like five people buying a million copies each. Yeah. And then keeping them in boxes forever being like, they'll be worth something. In Sean Howe's uh, Marvel The Untold Story, like this part of the book is really fascinating. So I think he said a couple, it was like this perfect storm of crazy shit where there was a bunch of like news stories started happening, like on local news, they were talking about this comic book is worth a bunch of money. And it became one of those things like the fodder for email for email forwards before email forwards. It's like that type right. of like, cutesy, like, treasure in the attic story sort of, like, going up everywhere. So everyone was like, oh. Well, I remember when this was all happening, I went to, uh, I grew up near Syracuse, New York, and went to the Ooh. Carousel Mall. What up? What up? Uh, what up? That's cute. Cute combo fans in the house. going to get crazy later. There was a, 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 a store called Dinosaur Barbecue. Woo! Pete's from Rochester, so he doesn't get it. Oh, fuck he eats, he eats garbage plates. Yeah! Uh, okay. Cornell University! That's not where you, where you were growing in the lab there? That, that makes sense. So, uh, the comic book store was called Twilight, and over the course of... Twilight! Twilight! Fucking, fucking Twilight! Yeah. 
Well, yeah, Twilight Booking Game Emporium. It was an emporium. <laughs> and you, you got in? I got into the Emporium. It was very... You will, the Emperor ran the Emporium. Uh, so over the course of comic books going from being sort of what they are now to being this crazy uh, popular thing, it went from like a shitty storefront right next to a strip club to being in Carousel Mall next to, uh, next to like a nail salon to being a double-sized store in Carousel Mall next to a cinnamon, so all the comics smelled like cinnamon. Oh, that's when the I got worst thing. Uh, and like, it was so all wood panels. Also, don't touch the comics after you just a sticky box. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Value depreciated. But it was, and you see people in there in the comic book store just looking at comics like, is, it, is this one going to be valuable? Is it this one? Uh, tell, tell me, which one of these is going to be valuable? I have a treasure out there. I have to look yeah. for some treasure. Yeah. He had like a tiger. He was wearing a tiger hat. Uh, it was great. Uh, the storage wars before storage yeah, exactly. wars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so what was you guys' you guys' what was y'all's I'm from South. I can say y'all's. Uh, what was y'all's experience with the X-Men circa 1991 when all this went down originally? This is what I started to get out of comic books. Oh, <laughs> and it didn't actually—it didn't necessarily have to do anything with this, but I think this is the time when I—it sort of timed out when I started getting into theater ridiculously. Because like, pff, I went to really cool things now, like theater in high school. Oh, oh yeah, Ooh, I know the theater was going through a huge glut then. Right? <laughs> it was. A lot of hologram playing play our uh, production of BB at Saint Louis. <laughs> went nuts. Yeah, that's. Awesome. Yeah, so well, that's Todd McFarlane direct uh, that production. Todd McFarlane? Yes. <laughs> Not familiar. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I guess you don't know who he is. Really. Yeah, sorry. I do, I do remember, and I know we're going to talk about this in a bit, but I remember very distinctly seeing Todd McFarlane on Spider Man at the time. I know this was an X Men. But then Rob Liefeld, when he came on New Mutants and then doing X Force, and I was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. How old are you? I don't know. If you can, you that involves math. Yeah. Plus, like, you went to Cornell, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was growing yeah. at Cornell. You oh, majored in true. comic book age math. <laughs> <laughs> you Mark's must have been like 14 or Yeah, something, something like that. Well, I feel like Rob Blackfeld's artwork, we all might cast a leery eye towards it now, but to 8 to 10 year olds, it is still magic, I think. Yeah. Even now? I don't know now. I don't give but a I agree with you. It was 14 year olds are super into hockey now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, where's my new cryptic comic? Yeah. I got a text about it. <laughs> Give me Superman. What is this? Yeah, what 14 year olds are always doing is wandering around yelling their age. Yeah. <laughs> hey, 14 and I'm on. That's why I can't believe you don't remember yet. Yeah, exactly. Probably yelling. So, Pete, where were you in 1991? Uh, so, 91 for me. Down and out? He was down and out. Yeah, I I hadn't. I was just breaking into comics, like uh, in your first published work. <laughs> yeah, my first. Uh, no, he was um, one of the Irish Irish seven. Oh, what? He was one of the Irish seven. Yeah. yeah, no one knows about him. <laughs> Pete Valentino. Oh. Yeah, he created Shadowhawk. <laughs> Everyone's favorite. Everyone's favorite. Yeah, great reveal. That. Oh, uh, I I was just. Getting into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Woo! Yeah, and that was blowing my mind. So, and I'm a big collector, so I was just all about I have to own every issue. So this stuff wasn't even in yeah. my world. Was yet. that the Archie series? Or were you going no, like, black, no, like and black, black and white, East Blue Yeah, it was funny because I once did an interview 
uh, with Kevin Eastman, and I couldn't care less about what he was talking about. All I wanted to do was talk old school teenage and he was like really upset. Like he's done a lot since. I'm sure a lot of great stuff, but all I cared about was that. Yeah. <laughs> That's not his entire life, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I certainly hope. I think it's probably paid for his entire life. That yeah, would be oh, set sure. yeah. Is yeah. Did yeah. you see Kevin Eastman's episode of Chris? <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Uh, Justin, where were you in 1991? Uh, well, uh... You to cover that kind of, you were going to the carousel. I was going to the carousel mall, but let me just say... I, this one summer, this is a little bit later, but this is when the Image, they announced that they were forming Image. But this one summer, we were laying, I had to lay a patio at my, at my house Jesus. for my dad. We were laying all of the, the bricks in the patio. And my dad was like, if you lay this patio, you can get the game Battletoads for it. And, oh, yes! and I was like, my brother and I would honestly, we would be carrying these bricks and we would say the word, every time we passed each other, we would say the word Battletoads. <laughs> Just and to keep our morale up. I love Vince at a young age. Yeah, yeah, young Vince. And so this same summer we had ordered uh, the, the Image comics were coming out. And it's the first time we had ordered comics from uh, one of those companies that would mail the comics yeah, to yeah. And we so we put the order in and on, like two weeks later we were like, where the fuck are these comics? <laughs> and it took them like six months to get Whatever. there or some crazy amount of time we would go to the mail run to the mailbox every day when we weren't hauling bricks and be like open it be like they're not here we're out of here we're out of time and then it ruined we were just miserable for that whole summer turned off comics forever no well and so anyway for these comics I, I was I got a bunch of comics in my stocking when I was like 10 years old and it hasn't happened in your stocking yeah, rolled like up. curled up. Oh, no. They were actually stop. Don't. They, they were, were a little, little bit strong. Uh, uh, yeah, well, he tried to scabby to this day, huh? and that's probably the origin of it. Yeah, exactly. That's why you have no respect for the You fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I bagged and boarded for a while, and I was like, "This is stupid." Now, oh, you, oh. now you keep them in stockings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what. Super inefficient. I spent <laughs> a fortune on stockings. I spent a fortune. My apartment is lousy with stockings. <laughs> uh, my first comic was a, a part of Atlantis Attacks. Oh, uh, yes. Were they the, the annual crossovers? Uh, yeah. Mm, I, that was, that yeah, was, yeah. I love those. Those are my yeah, favorite yeah, things. I wish, I know Marvel kind of brought those back, yeah, but I wish they'd go full flesh out. That was my favorite thing. For those of you who do you not know about this, so Marvel would do this thing where they'd have supersized annuals, they'd have a main story, they'd have a bunch of backup stories, yeah. and they'd have one crossover that would happen over the course of every annual. So everybody would get involved, every annual would kind of be its own story, so it wasn't like mega event where everybody gets together and fights Thanos or anything like that. It was like Fantastic Four would fight the Atlanteans, then uh, the X-Men would fight the Atlanteans, and then everybody would go down the line and fight things. And there would be connecting stories, and every time a tuba would be like, oh, they got me last time, now I have a new plan, every annual. (laughs) It was awesome. They they were honestly amazing. Kings of Pain, I love Kings of Pain. Shattershot, the Vibranium Vendetta is my Well, those were smaller ones. This was later. Evolutionary War, that was my jam. Yeah, that was my jam. Can I say this is so cool? In your face. In your face. Uh, I never could dunk, but that was my jam. <laughs> There's no way of saying evolutionary war and that is my jam. Being yeah. cool. <laughs> um, I, I did not start reading comics until uh, end of 92, early 93. But for some reason, like these issues were still the ones that were just 
Well, I guess because there were eight million sold, they were literally everywhere. Like, I yeah. opened up my door one day, I was like, oh, X-Men number one, this I'll take sad. this. Yeah. And uh, people have them in their glove uh, compartments. Yeah, it's all stockings, were crazy. Crazy. Homeless people had them with gum. Yeah, with gum. Uh, Another crossover. Ah, uh, uh, that's good. Uh, I was checking out the first part yeah, to see what we were referring to here. Um, <laughs> so, like, X-Force number one, X-Men number one, like, these were the comics. I remember I had, um, in middle school, I took my textbooks and I would make book covers out of like the pages from these comics. You fucking asshole. Because I have multiple copies. Okay, alright. Yeah. Wait, that's allowed? No. <laughs> but I meant that I would have them when I was like doing science or geography. I would still be able to look at these awesome pictures. Uh, Pete's idea of a nightmare is remember when Shane O'Connor tore the picture of the Pope in half on SNL? Yeah. If she did it with a puncture comic, he was Well, it's bad enough when Judah Friedlander did it in. Uh, oh, you put the Avengers Academy yeah. in the, in the, the griller. Yeah, the griller. Yeah. So, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, Here it's on. Yeah. Uh, so, let's go ahead and start talking about X Force number one. All let's right. Let's, let's, let's get that going. Uh, because I'm trying to do these in sort of chronological order. X Force number one came out in, I think, June 91, cover date in August. Uh, so it came out a couple months ahead of time, and X-Force number one is by Rob Liefeld. Actually, the credits are hilarious. Oh, I know, right? The credits, oh, I could not believe the credits. The credits literally say, the next generation of mutant action brought to you by Rob Liefeld. Everything but... Fabian needs the A's on words. Chris Elliott, I'm listening. It's like everything, everything but everything but the R <laughs> yes. is done by Rob Liefeld. What kind of dick does it? Was he in a Levi's jeans commercial? Directed by Spike Lee. Boom! What? Yeah, and that was I don't know if that's before or after X Force number one. Like, did that commercial get into cachet for X Force number one? Or did he get that commercial because of X Force number one? It makes me not want to buy the book. When did he come on New Mutants? Was it? It was like 89, 88. It was issue 80, like, it was 86, probably? Was it? Because Cable first came in 87. So I remember like 84, because he was around for a couple issues. Uh, he created Cable, who I like a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's like great cool. character. But the, the story of the New Mutants is crazy because it was, like, Chris Claremont wrote it for 50 issues, and then Louis Simonson had it. Who you love. You're a huge Claremont. Well, I'm a huge, yes. Yes. Claremont great, Louis Simonson great. Great, yes. Yeah. Like, I, when I met Louis Simonson at New York Comic Con, I just, like, it was, it was emotional. <laughs> and she edited Dark Phoenix Saga. It's yeah. like, come on. Um... What did you? What did you say? What was? The... I just. I think I just said thank you. <laughs> yeah, Louise Simonson. I've never met her, but she's one of those people that I wouldn't have anything to ask. I'd just be like, Yeah, this is like I met Bob McLeod, and I was like, Thank you for creating Cannonball. One of my favorite characters. Thanks, yeah. dude. Like that's all I have to say. He's um, like, what? But like, New Mutants was, I think, taking it down. What? What did I do? Where am I? Issues. Um, but. Rob Liefeld got on New Mutants, so they gave him New Mutants, and yeah. he just went ape shit on it. Yeah. Like, he was like, I don't like this. I want to do this other thing. Yeah. He, <laughs> I'm going to do Soldier X. Like, he just basically gave a notebook filled with like early designs of like Shatterstar and Domino and all these characters to them. was like, yeah, we're doing this. And then X-Force, or New Mutants, slowly just changed. Right, and yeah. Louis Simonson got scooched aside, and they brought in Fabian... And yeah, so Xbox number one, what did you guys think of this reading it now? First of all, it was like just the nostalgia of the way it's drawn and written. It 
was awesome. It's amazing that so much emphasis on the crotch was ever popular. Yeah. <laughs> Pop will start lines at a character's knees and just draw them straight up to their crotch. Plus, there's this weird thing like a starburst coming where, where yeah. the crotch is. What yeah. is the, there are all these well, like, emphasis the, lines the around... The is their mouths. Everybody has the same mouth. Yeah. Everybody's mouth is always open and they always have yeah. guns that are bigger than their heads. And yeah, it's the rhombus mouth. Yeah. 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 I told you guys mouth. earlier, when new mutants came out when Robin Liefeld came on New Mutants, I was like, this is the best thing ever. Years later, I remember I was kind of sick, and I took out all my old comics, and I was lying in bed, and I was like, great, I'm really sick, so I could read the entire run of New Mutants. And up until Cypher died, I was like, this is awesome, fall the mutants. Of yeah. course, as we all know, oh, very great. emotional. Great. Thank you. Great. You. great. Yes, yeah, fantastic. Even after that, you know, really I'm just going to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> but then, when Rob Liefeld come on, the stuff that I loved, I was like, this is the stupidest shit I've ever seen in my time. Bridges' crotch is constantly ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, like, it's like, I'm like, Jesus Christ, come yeah. on. And I, I do think, actually, in his favor, not because I, I don't want to be somebody that just shits on him, he's actually a super nice guy. Yeah. He has gotten better over the intervening years, yeah. but his art on X-Force and his art on New Mutants is terrible. Well, it's, it's Todd McFarlane light. Well, here's the thing, though. I feel like, I mean, obviously a product of his time, but there's some great panels. There's this panel where uh, Warpath is punching uh, the forearm. Uh, forearm. forearm. It was oh, the forearm game. Song. Called Forearm. Right. Uh, but it's spelled differently. Yeah. So. And this is a good panel. This yeah. is, like, I love this panel. There's all these, like, uh, the sort of rainbow yeah, lines. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I thought that was cool, even just, just when I read it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, full disclosure, this is the third time we've talked about X-Force on this podcast. Uh, Faithful listeners know this. X Force is my favorite thing ever. Yeah. Um, I my two weeks ago I wrote a CBR combo about, about why that is. Um, and one of the things that I do love is that Nick Fabes, I think, is the perfect pairing for Liefeld because I mean Liefeld's plotting it. You can't rein in his crazy. He's gonna yeah. do his thing, and it sells like gangbusters. But Fabes taught like he knows it's crazy. I think, and yeah. he writes to it. And yeah. in future issues. He has characters who saying like in this issue, Domino says this place is coming apart faster than our battle plan. Yeah, like, uh, he's just like I don't care. The lines um, are nuts. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, just seeing Warpath was like yes. one of the best characters yeah, uh, that should still be. Yeah, what the fuck, man? I agree. Yeah, uh, just seeing Warpath made me so happy. Uh, yeah, I just—it was very nostalgic and, and amazing to reread. Talk about strife. Uh, there's one panel in here where he's—he he raises his leg, yeah. and his foot is <laughs> resting on another panel. On another panel, <laughs> like it's not resting <laughs> on a barrel or a and rock. And while we're discussing this, uh, the character next to him is called Thumbelina, yeah. who is is a tiny, squat little woman who, <laughs> like, I don't know what the deal is. Jack squat. Jack squat little woman. She's like. Very muscular and a little fat at the same time. Well, it looks like he started drawing. It feels like Lightfoot just starts drawing from the top down. And he just like started drawing her head. He's like, yeah, I'll start drawing her head parallel to his knee. Oh, no, the page, the page is going to end. Uh, I guess I just got this hard finish. Yeah, she's going to be I short. think it's impossible to be that fat and that muscular at the same time. Yeah. I don't think that's possible. Uh, I do. I, this is a side note, but I think that it was... Peter David that made her the sister of Slab from the Nasty Boys, like during a show oh, or something. Wow. <laughs> yeah, is it random? Just toss in this little sweet, uh, sweet ref. Yeah. yeah, I also think Strife. He has like nine like metal plates coming out of his head of yeah, yeah, yeah. various sizes. He is Shredder times ten. Yeah, he's, he's Super Shredder. He is not the Nasty Boys. What? 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 What
Uh, oh god. Um, Where is well, he now? During the where? he came back during he came back during Necrotia, I think. Right. Yeah. I don't know where he is now. Oh, uh, still at large. I think he was still at large. Yeah. I think he died at the end of Necrotia. Probably. I mean, he's already dead. There's yeah. some <laughs> reanimated characters. But I will say the Strife Cable whole story. I like that. Executioner's song is great. amazing. It's yeah. great. It, it's set up here. Like yeah. this is clearly what the story was the entire time. So like. That, like knowing that and reading this, like I was like, oh, this is good. This was Executioner's song was good. Yes, no Extinction Agenda was good. No Executioner's song was a great crossover. Was yeah. good. Yes, yes. I it was when because it was like the every team was hitting it all cylinders. Every yeah. single book was legitimately good, and they all crossed over at the right time. Yeah, at this sort of, point, I was interested in theater, so I'm just yes. trusting yeah. that. Well, tell us how Romeo and Juliet was. Uh, okay, they crossed over with uh, the Loxy Blues. <laughs> yeah. Also called executioner's song. Because it's sort of the same themes that uh, Marvel is doing now with, with the current X-Men, where you have like the ultra-militaristic X-Force uh, fighting against the, the main X-Men team, so they're yeah. just like, hey, we're just trying to like make mutants okay, and X-Force is like, no, this is a fight, we have to murder people, we have to do this, and then they fight each other, and it... it X Factor, that issue of X Factor, where X Factor has to go arrest X Force, is brilliant. Great, great issue. It's a nine point nine. It's in my top ten. Oh my god! I also like how the it seems asterisk. That's another reference to the last podcast. It seems like they tried in the beginning of this one page twenty eight, where they tried to make like, oh, this is what their lair looks like. Oh, and they yeah. started to make them out, but then they were like, fuck that, we're just going to go into panels. Yeah. So it was like, we almost got to see all the cool rooms of the secret lair oh, in my yeah. state. Oh, yeah, see them now. Yeah, it was yeah, just it was, like... It was half, I was like, oh, I love it when they do cutaways, like the Baxter building, the Kirby building. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. this is half that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought it was, it was crazy to me, like, the pace of, like... Action, 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 and then, like, a lot of downtime. Oh, it's... Just, like, Action top. up top. Like, the issue begins with X-Force going to take out the Mutant Liberation Front. Uh, which, one thing I noticed about this batch, this crop of uh, issues that we've read, a lot of, like, bad guy mutant teams. Yes. Like, tons of characters. These four issues are very similar. I mean, X-Factor's sort of different, but the oh, other three are yeah. so similar, where it's just like, we're a bunch of brash villains who have banded together. Yeah. And we hate you. Yeah, you can yeah. kind of see, actually, why... Marvel felt like they needed to limit the amount of mutants in the Marvel Universe. Oh, yeah. When you're reading something like this, right? Yeah, yeah uh, for sure. There's, I was going to say, oh, there is a weird thing where uh, at the end of it, when, because what do you want to read in 1991 when you're a kid? About You want to read about a business takeover. <laughs> so Gideon and Sunspot going to do a hostile takeover of a business in the World Trade Center, which gets destroyed in like this yeah. the third issue yeah. which is a little yeah. bit as soon as they said we'll, we're trade center I was like oh yeah. uh, well this is crazy these characters are Gideon who has like a magic ponytail that's yeah. always in motion yeah. uh, Sunspot who's like did anyone really like Sunspot going I into did. this well, you, you I, did. Did. I like Sunspot I like Sunspot now and in subsequent issues but back then I was just like this guy's like the worst and then they face <laughs> off against Black Tom Cassidy whose powers and he holds a stick and force shoots out of him. <laughs> yeah. so it's like what why is this like the big climax issue uh, it was funny to me because I immediately thought of the current Daredevil run where it's got like the guy who looks like kind of like Spot who's like oh, throwing yeah, zero. Yeah, yeah zero yeah. like throwing people through and yeah. I was like oh man I wonder if this was like 
Spot thought was, about this. Yeah. yeah, I think Spot was he was a Spider-Man guard before that. Right? Yeah. yeah, I just yeah you you wonder like if someone went back before they're like I'm gonna do a Daredevil run like maybe I'll include somebody like this and change it. I don't yeah, know. it's all in the world. Another storyline though that is set up here that I think is cool is the uh, uh, the Externals. Uh, oh god! Which is uh, immortal? The immortal mutants that are going to supposedly go on to lead the world, and Gideon chose Sunspot, who ended up not being the external, and Cable chose Cannonball, who was. Yeah. And that storyline has totally gone away. But I thought that was so such a great setup. Yeah. Back in the day. I I, I urge people to go back and reread X Force because Lightbulb was only on it for like nine issues. And there are a lot of great iterations of it. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Loeb, who. <laughs> We all know how we feel about him. He's amazing. <laughs> yeah, we all have different feelings about him. But what I'm saying is that his run on X-Force is great. They're oh, all on well, its Warpath. Adam Polina? Yeah, art, his art is amazing. To me, Adam Polina is the definitive X-Force artist. Yeah. Like, in his run with John Francis Moore, where they all go on that road trip across oh, the country. Awesome. Listeners, that's coming to a future episode, because I will force Matt Nicole to read that. You will X-Force that. What happened to John Francis Moore? He did X-Men 2099. Great book. He did, uh, what was his DC book? I do not. Superman. Superman. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that, that's X-Force. So we all kind of thought X-Force wasn't as bad as we thought. Because I was expecting a bloodbath with X-Force. Uh, no, I mean, honestly, the, <laughs> the nuggets were there. Yeah. The dialogue is shit. <laughs> Across the board in this book. Uh, like, all the internal, like, G.W. Bridge is a cool. Oh, yeah. G.W. Bridge, when he first... Oh, I gotta find him when he first comes on, because he just gives... He just, like, lays down his entire, like... MO immediately. It's yeah. yeah, the classic monologue yeah. of like, this is who I am, yeah. this is what I'm about. Yes, call me George. I don't like titles or labels. Hero, villain, human, mutant, none of it matters. Squat to me, only right and wrong. And in this particular case, it's starting to become crystal clear. Yeah. <laughs> Great. And then, yeah. Very. He's saying that to someone just standing there like, like oh. Yeah, that's right. And I feel bad because Rob Liefeld gets shit on all the time. But come on, he wrote this. He he wrote this, or he like plotted this stuff and like helped make this happen, and everyone loved it. And now he's doing very similar work, and everyone's like, "You're an asshole." He's got to be like, "What?" He was also like twenty-one. Yeah, he was. He had a Porsche. He had Porsches, probably. He's spending all this time screaming his age, twenty-one. Just. Just the dialogue alone was making me crack up. Like the, the this whole joints, rocket boss. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's, like it's crazy. You don't ever say that? No. Uh, I always go to giants, and I, I like to characterize how rocking they are. Yeah. And I tell the boss. Yeah, oh, you got to tell the boss. That's the most important person. Yeah. I always, of course, you have to talk to the boss. Uh, so yeah. So moving on to. Uh, next, and I also wait. Uh, I'm sorry. Final thoughts. The, yeah. uh, of course. Dot dot dot. To be continued, exclamation points. Yes. Oh, also the last page, like, we have to get Weapon X. And kids at the time were like, oh, Wolverine's going to be in this. No, it's Kane. Yeah. It's Harrison Kane. He shoots his hands at people. Yeah. Uh, the one you don't want to yeah. see. Rob Lightfoot loves shooting hands, as yeah. we saw in this issue. Oh, yeah, because he cuts, Shatterstar cuts off Reaper's hand, and what looks like a face hugger in a glove comes flying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, this is sort of, I don't know how personal you want to get, but uh, Shatterstar is a character. How do you feel about him? Oh, uh, guys. Uh, with the way he's evolved from this issue where he's, like, <laughs> insane to what he is now. For one thing, I love it because I love that Shadowstar is, a, like, kind of a, like, pansexual, bisexual, homosexual, just, like, free love yeah. warrior. But he still is this same character. Yeah. They just added on a personality. Um, but the funny thing to me, though, about that, which I've probably gone into before on this podcast, is that 
in issue 43 of X-Force, Shatterstar and Richter go to a nightclub, they dance up on girls. Shatterstar essentially, Fabes basically says he gets a boner, because he's like, I don't know how to handle these feelings. I feel feelings towards these women. Yeah. And then Age of Apocalypse happens, Fabes is gone, Jeff Loeb comes in, misinterprets that as, I don't understand women, I must be gay! <laughs> and then writes him as a gay man. Yeah. And it's just like, if, Fabian, if Fabes had to stay on, who would yeah, he be gay now? Like, who yeah. knows? Yeah. Weird, weird, wild stuff. But the way their relationship is in X Factor is sometimes great, sometimes like, Come on, stick with it. Yeah. Let's get into the nitty-gritty of their Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know them really well. Yeah, they're my personal friends. Um, now moving on to X-Factor. Uh, this book is... I First of all, I love it. Yeah. It is the greatest thing. And also, this was published in 1991? This is yeah. like a weird, almost... I want to say Vertigo-esque like, image book. This was uh, image nowadays. And I was laughing my ass off, like the first panel. The first panel. Pardon me? Do you the first page is, excuse me, you got me Grey Poupon. Oh, man. Classic joke. Dates this Classic. as being 1991. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Issue number. X-Factor 71. 71. Uh, the next David. page is a full-page spread of a uh, strong guy saying, a sphincter says, what? Yeah. <laughs> All just hot, hot refs. Yeah. And Larry, is, this, is this Peter David's first issue? No, he did, he did issue 70 okay. with Kirk Jarvin in on art, um, which was like the weird, like the um, <coughs> sweeping up the mess of the Murat Mur Island saga. Now, yeah. when I... Swallows a lit cigarette in that issue. <laughs> now, when I think of this time period, I immediately think of this kind of hair, like... The way they drew hair like this, like oh, this flowing, like Polaris, so big that yeah, takes up the whole pattern. Like this hair. is what I think of. But like that this. panel, when I saw that, I, that is such a great. Larry Stroman is the artist on this. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, it's well, sick. And it's crazy because, well, I, I feel like because he did come back and do X Factor in about 2008. Uh, and it wasn't as good, and it's because yeah. it didn't have an inker. I really think it's because Al Milgram is inking this. Yeah. Al Milgram is like a classic veteran inker, and I feel like right. it's that combination of crazy Larry Stroman, whose panel layouts almost kind of make no sense, but do make sense. Yeah, they're, and they're really, like, sort of modern. They're yeah. Like, like, today. The, the whole bulk of the issue is a gathering the team issue, where it's multiple man strong guy and Polaris sitting having lunch. Uh, and Polaris is giving Madrox shit about having rich friends, and he gets to live in a penthouse, and like, Plus over. the whole mayonnaise jar yeah, and that runs throughout the whole comic. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, we get Val Cooper trying to recruit Havoc. Um, it's, it, nothing really happens except the team gets formed, and it's amazing. There's, and there's this crazy, rereading it, there's this crazy sidebar where uh, Quicksilver shows up with, uh, uh, what's his name? Lockjaw. Uh, Lockjaw. Yeah! And he's like, there's this two page, there, uh, like, the whole bottom half of the page talks about how they pranked the thing. Uh, to, to, it told him that Lockjaw was basically, like, a... A deformed human. Yeah, because apparently this is a whole John Byrne versus Peter David thing. Apparently, yeah. where John Byrne had written a story where he made Lockjaw deformed inhuman, I think, and yeah. then Peter David just didn't like that. So in X Factor seventy one, he was like, "Nah, he's, it's a dog. They're playing a joke on it." Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It has nothing to do with the story. With the story. Wow. It's just this weird <laughs> it's a segue. It's a non sequitur. It's an obvious jab. Like, hey, John Byrne, I can do this. Like, wow. back, I guess back in the day, you could just say fuck you to other comic writers <laughs> in your comic. Oh, oh, and also, like, continuity mattered that much that Peter David was like, yeah. I don't undo this. Yeah. Like, right now. Yeah. This could never get undone. Uh, yeah, the first time you see Lockjaw, what an amazing panel, though. Yeah. Like, Lockjaw never looks so fucking badass. Huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Badass Lockjaw. Um, yeah, I think so. And Quicksilver, yeah. I mean, Peter David writes Quicksilver 
so well, better than any other version of Quicksilver, yeah. I feel like. And the characters, so the issue was. That's interesting, that's not what you said a while ago when we reviewed that issue uh, Peter David wrote about Quicksilver. Uh, the, it, I mean, I'm talking about in this era, oh, okay. like the, the modern stuff, like issue 87, 87 is that yeah, the, the, the famous psychiatrist office issue? He, his uh, take on Quicksilver is the smartest, yeah. cleanest take. His on, entire life is waiting behind someone at the bank who's counting pennies. Yeah, and it's so, and he's like, he's putting a puzzle together at the same time. It's just so smart. If you haven't read that issue, it's amazing. Yeah. Plus, we, got, uh, we have to talk about Professor Xavier's cameo on this where... It's the floating chair, but also the blanket tucked in on the sides. Yeah. Like, come on, I mean, that's classic. She yeah. technology does not keep your legs warm. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing, but like blanket. Yeah. You know, just I love, I love that he's like Professor X is like, um, you know what? I don't want to do a lot of like alien technology, but I want a motherfucking floating wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone will know. Also, yeah. no one knew who was a mutant at this time, but he has this yeah. crazy hovercraft. Yeah, he's a, a personal hovercraft. It's like, oh, that's normal. Put that guy, put that guy's window has no eye yeah. but a Pfizer. Well, and also, there's a, there's a very interesting conversation. Like, as funny as this book is, when Val Cooper is going to recruit Havoc, she brings up the fact, like, about like the, the ghettos versus tenements. Yeah. Like, yeah. this whole, like, you know, that's like, you guys are all sequestered. Yeah. It's like, well, this is a very deep conversation yeah. on Genosha. Yeah. Out of, like, it's such a, we, how did this, how did this happen is what I really, I want to read an oral history of how, in the yeah. midst of X-Force and Julie X-Men, this guy. Well, well it's kind of the same thing right now, though, right? With Peter oh, David still writing yeah, still X-Factor, where X-Men books are big, they're bombastic. I mean, there's, you know, emotional stuff that goes on. But X Factor is doing its own thing all the time. Peter yeah. David's still writing it. He took a break, but it's the same sort of thing even now. But I think him doing that now is based on this sort of oh, sure. run. But it's the same sort of thing where he keeps it in its own bubble. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is very similar to I'd say Hawkeye probably. Like sure. this is what? just like I, well, just in terms of like this compared to every other Marvel book at the time, and Hawkeye compared to every other Marvel book now. Like maybe they just weren't paying attention. Yeah. Uh, and then the issue ends with um, multiple man yeah. in his rich friend's townhouse yeah. playing with this mayo jar that he spent the entire issue tricking everyone to trying to open, and it's an unopenable mayo jar. Even like Havoc's plasma blast can't touch it. Guido can't touch yeah. it. And also, his name is Strong Guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he gets a knock at the door, answers it, and then gets shot and falls to his death. Over See, a just because you re- live in a rich place doesn't mean you won't get shot. Yeah. Gatherings <laughs> versus yeah, that's, that's, exactly. that's why you live on the Everything street. is dangerous. Um, it's, it's, and also, like, it's been like two and a half pages doing this, too. Yeah. And it starts great. Yeah, which is crazy. Like, I guess they had enough space to do two and a half pages of him falling to his death. <laughs> I feel like Peter Day was like, hey guys, I want to do this, uh, this X-Men book where it's about like sort of this magic mayonnaise jar. It's <laughs> uh, really hard to open. What do you guys think? Uh, just make that a sub character. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, <laughs> let me just focus Dude, on. I hear the whole spin. from the last time we talked to Peter David. They bring the mayonnaise jar back. Yeah. So that would make me cry. Actually, John Byrne brought the mayonnaise jar back, but it was a human being. Yeah. What? It was, it was a classic John Byrne. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, this this definitely holds up. Oh, also, did did you guys catch the Twin Peaks reference? Mm. Um, yeah, where, no, I did. Where Agent Cooper is like, yeah, this is gonna be my brother's in the FBI. I want them to tell him about it. They just found a woman dead in plastic. Right, plastic. Uh-huh. And you know, it's funny reading that. Remind me of his Peter David Modern Run. He makes a ton of cultural references. 
Oh yeah, and well, I missed that. I um, wish that we could have read the issue where Rain Sinclair Wolf Spain does Rain's World. Yeah. And then I think with the next issue, um, Peter David writes a Weird Al parody of Particle Man called Multiple Man oh, and puts the lyrics in. Oh wow, that's crazy. Really, yeah. Well, there, in the in '87, the big psychiatry issue, uh, psychiatrist issue, there's a, a Ren and Stimpy. Yes. Uh, reference the whole yeah, the first two pages are yeah mutant, uh, mutant angst tanks rain and Stimpy mutant yeah. mutant angst yeah because rain was like having all these rain is obsessed with uh, havoc and was having all these weird pop culture dreams because she was trying to find her identity Peter David loves taking characters that no one's thought about and really thinking about yeah no, which is why he's it's great. amazing yeah uh, awesome so I definitely recommend everyone reading this his entire run yeah just great issues. Uh, and holds up really well, and the pop culture references are a delight. Yeah, delight. <laughs> They're still <laughs> relevant. Yeah. And actually, just to mention, read the stuff that he's doing right now too. Oh it's yeah, also really good. He yes. has done a hundred issues, hundred and five yeah. if you count the Madras limited series. Like yeah. he keeps going, and that book always like looks great. They always have great, like Emmanuel looks great, looks great, smells great, smells great, smells great. I smell every issue. Just right by the stainless. Um, so yeah. let's move on to the big, the big, the big bopper. I also want to say that. Uh-huh. It's, not, it's what we call it back in the day. It's the big bopper. Yeah, the big bopper. Uh, X Men number one yeah. by Chris Claremont and Jim Lee. Yeah. Uh, the biggest selling comic yeah. of all time. Yeah. And I don't think anything will ever challenge that. Yeah. Yeah. Unless, like, I don't know. Unless, like, One Direction teams up with Justin Bieber and produces a comic book. Wait, which one of them is trying? Which is writing? <laughs> uh, well, I think it would be the option would be One Direction, so it gets yeah. out on time every month. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. I wish I knew any of the names of One Direction. I would make a joke about one of them lettering. Uh, Zane. Zane. Zane's Zane. No, Lewis would letter because everyone what, do you hates know all Lewis. Five? I don't know all five. I know Harry. Harry. Lewis. Lewis Zane. Zane. And two other guys. <laughs> That's probably how the fans think of them too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm putting One Direction in these show notes like a million times. Yeah. So you can get that SE. Good, you gotta get right. that. Yeah. Let's have Beast run across the field. Are they English? Yes. Yes. You don't know that? <laughs> You're Mr. Pop Music. Not anymore. Now I have a child. You know what? That's what makes you beautiful. <laughs> That's a One Direction song. I wish I could say. I was gonna say because there's no way you would call him beautiful. <laughs> um, I would be. I think you're beautiful. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, X Men number one's plot is a lot. Uh, it's mostly plot. Yeah, I mean, this is a Chris Claremont book, so you're getting your money's worth with the work. Yeah. But I just love the Magneto, like yeah. just the. Every time you see him, it's like, Magneto! Uh, like, holy shit! Like, I miss this that. double page spread of him just like owning it? Yeah, yeah his just, hair's like shooting out these And he's literally directions. saying, I am Magneto! I miss that so much. Every time Magneto shows up in a modern X Men comic book, it's particularly now, and I get the plot points of him, you know, working for Cyclops and being yeah. like, You're doing the right thing. Go, Cyclops, I follow you. But I just always feel the subtext when I'm watching Magneto is like, I'm gonna fucking kill you. Yeah, he's <laughs> 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 like the arc on his hair is unbelievable. Oh, with yeah. the shadowing, I mean, like, strands for an older like man that, to just have. Just like, yeah, on that page exactly. You're just like, what the fuck? For an older man to have such a long, unruly hair. Yeah, yeah. Superman only comes close in mullet size, I would say, right? Yeah, that's yeah, true. And this was before Team Magneto, right? Uh, and Joseph. Yeah. Yeah, that was 97. Yeah. All right. Oh, Joseph. That was way before. I love Joseph. <laughs> yeah, Joseph's fine. Um, what Joseph's happened fine. to him? 
There should be a book where Team Magneto. He died Magneto. during the Magneto War, but he's probably come back at some point. But yeah. uh, team Magneto should team up with Team Tony at some point. Yeah. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the plot of this is a whole bunch of mutants, led by Fabian Cortez, go to Asteroid M, uh, like just seeking asylum. Like, we, you know, we worship you, we want to be with you. Shield, they still a shield ship. So S.H.I.E.L.D. goes after them, they get into a battle, uh, Magneto's power signature uh, alerts Russian officials because they're over Russia, and they're like, oh shit, Magneto's here, we gotta launch the Magneto protocols, so because of the X-Men who are having a training session, and they're like, oh shit, the Magneto pro protocols have been launched, we gotta go check out what he's doing. Magneto comes down, goes to the Leningrad submarine that he sunk in Uncanny X-Men number 150, which at this point was like... 130 issues before yeah. this. Uh, continuity all over the place. Yeah. He has a whole bunch of missiles. The X-Men attack. Uh, and it, a lot happens. Yeah. <laughs> and like you're saying, it's a believe, crazy amount of plot. Yeah, I couldn't believe how long this comic was and how much shit was jammed in here. No ads either. Like, yeah. the, the thing is, that the, the issue when it was published was like, double gatefold cover, 64 pages, like, Bunch of pinups, like this no was, ads. This was like glossy eight paper. comics in one. It was yeah. unbelievable. I mean, it was on glossy paper before that was even in anyone's sparkle in anyone's eye. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> they want to spend some money on this. Uh, also, uh, uh, I loved how many other heroes were being thrown by other heroes. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, just to go through it real quick. Archangel throws Colossus. How does that happen? Then, <laughs> then you get, oh man, the, uh, it's uh, just so great. Beast, the, a Gambit writes B. Yeah, damn it! Yeah, they yeah. jump out of the Blackbird to a, to land on Magneto, and Magneto uh, like spiles like this pile like this pile driver into Beast's chest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, and then Beast throws Wolverine. Yeah, in this in all these fights, fucking unbelievable. More heroes throwing heroes. <laughs> <laughs> Should we call Marvel heroes sense. throwing heroes? That's what we want. <laughs> in this issue, all the fights, it's such a, it's so different from the way modern sort of superhero fights are. Like, in it, it's like, three heroes attack at once, and one's like, aren't you surprised I knocked you over, Magneto? Like, it's all this weird, yeah. like, there's no real power, like, combat of, yeah. like, well, you're metal, so I can do this. It's just like, I knocked you over, I'm Gambit. <laughs> Here you go. Like, it's very it's strange. And Rogue's jacket, I feel like, gets smaller over the course oh, yeah. of this issue. Uh, I do want to say... A jacket that fits. She's really cold. <laughs> this thing, when you... I'm, uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm just make weird noises. Um, I started reading the uh, like the entire X Men mythos in order in 2006, like starting in 75, going all the way through, reading all the like tie-ins concurrently. Oh. So when you get to X Men number one, it's insane because the X Men has spent like 30 issues apart, like in the outback. The X Factor team was the yeah. original X Men. They didn't hang out ever. Everyone was wearing totally different costumes. They did not live at the mansion because it was destroyed. Professor X was in space, yeah. and then X Men number one comes out, and it's like. They're all under one roof, living in the mansion. They all have these new costumes. So many new ideas, all in one book. Yeah, it's crazy. But if this was your great. first issue, it also has all of that. Yeah, which is it's really smart. I also I do think it's funny to speak to what you were just saying. Like Professor X is like, oh guys, I've been in space for so long. Yeah, <laughs> you guys all still the same. Yeah, I guess you are. Okay. He says that he's like talking to Jean Grey, looking at pictures of the new mutants, and being like, "I need to learn the extent and nature of your individual capabilities. How you mesh as a team. How best for me to interact with you." Like, yeah, I was terrified. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for the dramatic readings. So <laughs> dramatic. Yeah, I just it was crazy to me how like in the training of of you know in the beginning where it starts where they're training. They're really fucking each other up. Oh yeah. Yeah. And oh, then, like oh. Wolverine pops up out of the ground like. All sorts of fucked up. Yeah. And it's like, 
the, I was like, Jesus. It's a danger of exercise, and they have to tag Professor X, basically. Yeah. And, yeah, and it seems like, oh, that's an easy exercise. But they have, like, no. what do I do? <laughs> and Wolverine pops up into the danger room controls, puts his fist up to Professor X's face, and yeah. then snit. Bang, Charlie, you're dead. And his claws are a centimeter away from Professor X's Well, I mean, just like, a, just like a football coach at, at spring training, you want to really set up the thing. Okay, we're going to play a game, but the, to win, you have to almost hit me with a baseball. <laughs> a baseball? Huh? A baseball bat. Oh. That's what this is. Oh, okay. Professor X is like, oh, okay, I thought you were talking about football. Yeah, I thought you were talking about football, yeah, I I thought thought about football spring training. Huh? No. Uh, baseball, they train in the spring. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I really thought that. Yes, we did. Uh, great. Uh, great stuff. The, uh, and that's what Professor X does. He's like, okay, guys, you guys all fight each other, and whoever can get closest to hurting me wins. And there's no prize except you get to just walk yeah. out and be a dick. I do love that, like, Gambit, like, kisses Jean Grey yeah. not knowing she's a robot. Just and then Cyclops is mad. Uh, and then he, like, is making a joke about tr- dropping a truck on him, and Professor X thinks he's serious, and then Beast is yeah. like, no, he's mastered the art of deadpan humor since you've been gone. Yeah. Chris Claremont bringing the jokes! Yeah, Dude, nail it. It's, it's, I couldn't believe how jam-packed this issue was, like, how much shit yeah. went on in each band. But this is, this is the X-Men team, this is the X-Men relationship I like. Yeah, oh, Professor X running shit. Yeah. Cyclops is great. He's just like trying to be no, in charge. He's still a no, he's not. Yep. Not yet. Yep. You got all the X-Men, they're all explaining their powers. Psylocke. Yeah. Well, we did, <laughs> we did, we did not I'm not say anything bad about Psylocke. No, subtotal of my second pound. Yeah. Um, I, I would, no, no, she does do it here. Does she, oh, does no, she, but she does, she does talk about while she is jumping on, I think his name is not Roy Chrome, I can't remember his name is, and she's like jumping on him, he's flying, and she's in her head thinking, but I like the thrill of physical combat. Like it, I crave it. How does Wolverine call it? Am I an action junkie? Something to watch out for. It's a temptation a foe could learn to use against me while she's riding a guy into a building. <laughs> Real internal. That's a lot going on. Yeah. And I just love how it just, and then it ends with next firestorm. Yeah. Next firestorm. What is well, awesome. crossover. No, spread. Yeah. Um, it's, I, would, I would say, I would throw down the gauntlet on Perfect X-Men issue. Oh, this yeah. thing has wow. everything. The villains, Wait, I'm sorry. The villains gallery at the end is also. Do they? Oh. I, I'm forgetting. Do they play baseball in this issue? Okay, no. no. But, so not but they are lounging in the pool. Yeah. Oh, okay. This gallery. Bunch of villains. Gallery, villains gallery. Um, I mean, it has. I love the bickering. I love the like good camaraderie that a lot of them have. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, great Wolverine writing. Yeah. Yeah. Every very single, very sexy pinup. Like this, yeah. and come on, how can you hate a comic that has a double page spread of all the X Men in their bathing suits? It's just hanging out. I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, that's a show team. Oh, I also like that Wolverine is apparently a never nude because he's rocking the cutoffs. Yeah. He's got white jean cutoffs, in this, which is <laughs> don't judge. No, don't judge a man for like. I guess he probably had a pair of white jeans. Um, Great move. Yeah. And eventually, eventually, he but probably back then those were hot, motherfucker. <laughs> Wolverine is the best there is at what he does, but yeah. wearing jeans is not that. Yeah. But, <laughs> foreshadowing, hanging out with Storm here. I'm also oh. looking at this one. Jean Grey's bathing suit has homage on it. Yeah. Jim Lee's future studio. Yeah. And they're also blowing up a cable beach ball. Yeah. That nice. beach ball has a picture of cable on it. Perfect. <laughs> I don't uh, know. The Cyclops being a fucking. Super Deuce spinning a volleyball on his finger. Anybody want to play volleyball? Play, uh, <laughs> anybody want to play volleyball? Anybody want to see Top Gun, huh? Yeah. <laughs> 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 
Uh, I will say the next uh, panel in this book, which is Things to Come. Oh, yeah. When I saw that when I was Come a kid, it, I was like, holy shit. Look at this. This is what I'm going to be thinking about for months. You got Longshot and some girl. That's Omega her. Red, who was a brand new character. Yeah. Uh, Shaw, is that? I don't know what that green face person is. Yeah, no one knows. They, then, the brood up in the who corner. Who was that woman with the skull choker? I don't know. Then there's just a fucking Wait, skull in the corner watching see? all this happen. Oh, Ghost Rider. Is it Ghost Rider? Ghost Rider, yeah, because Ghost Rider is a crossover with the Brood. Oh, and right. like seven right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What about the Skull Choker that's uh, Malice, right? Is it? Yeah. Well, yeah, there's probably plans they had to just sweep aside. Um, but the Omega Red was a brand new character. Yeah, because on the next on the next page, they have uh, his X-Men sketchbook. And, okay, yeah. I'm going to say, to me, when I think of the X-Men, they're the Jim Lee versions, because that's the version of the cartoon was. I love yeah. his Cyclops. Woo! I love yeah. his Rogue. I do, yeah. too. Love his Storm. I love Gene Gray's weird. What do you think the chances are that he's going to draw X Men again? I think pretty good. Really? What? Is no. it? No. I was like, what? <laughs> I thought you were being sincere. Jesus Christ. That would, Never. That would be insane. That would be insane. It would be fantastic. I seriously thought that when, like, Joe Matarera has this unannounced Marvel book, and I was like, Brian Wood's X Men? Because that's yeah. what I was thinking. Uh, so I was like, there's no way they're going to like not have Brian Wood in the next book. In my head, I was like, please, Brian Wood, Joe Matarero. Uh, Joe Matarero is so good. Um, yeah, I, X-Men number one has everything that I want. But these are my X-Men. Yeah. It doesn't hurt that I had the cover of this, two two copies, the front poster on my wall, the back on my wall. Like, wow. Because uh, the back is that amazing like four-page spread of like yeah. every character. Yeah, yeah it's oh. really cool. I will say, well, I thought this... you see in that room, huh? What? No. Well, I'm gay, so a lot. <laughs> a lot of parts. So you're right, probably not a lady seeing yeah, that. No, uh, I will say, I think that issue's great. I prefer the next issue. This yeah. is where we are going to have a discussion. Whoa! You got the finger on that. I just got sassy. Um, finger wag. Uh, I, man, and then there's Uncanny X-Men number one, which is... The X-Men were split up into two teams, blue and gold. 281. Right. Well, first, okay. first I gotta say, I couldn't read this at, at first because... The ads were so amazing. Uh, Bill and Ted, I couldn't focus. Yeah, let's talk about the ads. Oh, wait, can we actually, can we talk about? I had completely forgotten about. I don't know if you can flip to it, but the call-in ad. Oh, oh yes. Oh, do we want to do that? Yeah, let's do that. If we have. If well, yeah, we have to say. Well, while he finds it, I hadn't heard the word "fleer" in a number of oh, years. Yeah. There's oh. a big ad for "fleer." Yeah. 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 And also, like how they make tried to make it. If you guys have tracked down in like 2005, Marvel released all these CD-ROMs that like, here's the first 500 issues of this, and they did not take the ads out of them. Yeah. So we're going to call 1-900-288-X-Men and hopefully battle Sauron. <laughs> As I said, if we press the number two between... So, yeah, so let's, so let's talk about what it is. It's a... Uh, this was a 900, like, just... Put it on speaker. Trying to trick kids into spending their parents' money. All right, I haven't seen a 1-900 number for years. <laughs> yeah, I hope you have unlimited minutes. I don't have a lot of signal, either, so let's see. Well, you could win a plate signed X-Men of one cover. It is called. Oh, really? Yeah. It's dialed. It's ringing. Holy shit. Oh. Uh, who 
I guess no one's making money on this big scam. <laughs> so this was it was a role playing game that you called it. Yeah, yeah, but it's actually it's great because what you do is uh, when you get connected, you press one between two and four seconds, and that causes Wolverine to slice through things. You press two between one and three seconds. And Iceman shoots sub-zero blasts. How does that work? I don't know. It's insane. It was just a scam as soon as we got to another line. Three overlap. Yeah. Guys. Um, but these two, so basically, all they decided they had like 13 X-Men. And they're like, what are we going to do? Put them in two different books on two different teams. X-Men, the Jim Lee Chris Claremont one, which is awesome, got Psylocke, Rogue, uh, Gambit, Beast, Wolverine, and... Gambit. Wait, did I say Gambit? Yeah, yeah. Gambit. Yeah, really like Gambit. Yeah. Bunch yeah. of Gambits. The, and Jubilee joins later. Yeah. Um, and then this book, I feel like this book got the short end of the stick in terms definitely. of cool characters. When yeah. I was a kid, I definitely thought that. Yeah. <laughs> this book has Colossus, Iceman, Archangel, Jean Grey, and Storm. The old fighting nutty X-Men. Right. Yeah. No Psylocke, who I imagine... Yeah. Teenage boys were very into. Very into. <laughs> yeah, sure. You're goddamn right. We were. <laughs> You're goddamn right. Um, she had something that used the sum totality of something. That's else. what you were into. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I mean, yes. But she also had a pretty tight costume that was cut in weird ways. <laughs> yeah, it kept changing. How she had a lot of leg bracelets, <laughs> like cloth leg bracelets, or I don't even know what you'd call them, like stockings with pieces of cloth in them. Or, yeah, I don't know. The, the I think that's where. Slack bracelets came from. Yeah. Oh, that's probably what she did. Like, before every mission, she just, like, slaps those things on. Huh, that's, she is an action junkie. Yeah, there you go. As we learned from the others. But I do think, um, I remember reading all those X-Men comics from the 80s. When Angel became Archangel, they, like, really uh, sort of pushing him as a badass, I remember. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like he's the badass of Uncanny X-Men. Yeah, for sure. Sure. Torture cat. Um, yes. Probably not. I, I would like to bring up, there was this ad for Rifts. Yeah, what is that? Where no, it was that just, blew my mind also. It was like, highlights include mutant <laughs> uh, uh, animals, uh, side stalkers, <laughs> cyber knights, juicers, what? Borgs, RPG? and glitter oh, boys. Yeah. Yeah. This was actually written by Stefan as a kid. Glitter boys and techno wizards. I was like, yeah. I want I was to buy this like that thing so yeah. bad. I was super on board with it, but I don't mess with juicers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they ruined the yeah, Juicer slang for something? Is that like a person who's like joins up? Yeah. It's people who make juice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like an orange juice. Well, this comic was very ahead of its time with yeah. juicers. This, I mean, this is Will Spartacio on art and also co-plotting with Jim Lee and then written by John, scripted by John Byrne. It's a weird mix. It's all over the place. Yeah. Like that is that to you guys? Is that a weird sign when you see that it took three people to write a comic book? Is that well, okay? Ugh. Well, I think it comes from what we were talking about a little earlier that this was an artist driven era of oh, Marvel yeah. comics yeah. that they probably had Jim Lee was like, I'm gonna write something. They're like, well we or we can sell more copies if Jim Lee's name on, is on this. And he was probably like, Yeah, put a bunch of X Men together. The end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well then you get someone like Fabian, John Byrne guys that are just like, Yeah, it'll be fine. Like, yeah. They I'll can write the shit out of a hundred comics. All the time. Yeah, I mean, Fabes was writing a bunch well, of comics. It was yeah. crazy to me and Larry. Also, the the font changed so much in between pages. Like it went from like almost a graffiti style yeah. to like uh, uh, different, and then like the fresh 
like stark, but then up was like spray painted in the middle on like the second yeah, page. Yeah. It was just crazy to me, like. And then they just added like squiggly lines on everything, <laughs> yeah. just squiggle uh, the shit out of stuff. Well, that's that's classic these guys. I will say, when I rereading this, this is like the Shakespearean X Men. This is like the the oh, Shakespearean. Oh, what is that? Even? I, I will tell you mean? what that. You realize that Trevor Fitzroy is in this issue? Right? No, I know, but like. This is uh, this is more epic, I think. Even though Magneto is like a whole You're thing. You're just like, saying that because the White Queen's in it, you dick. No, <laughs> it's not mine. This is like in her bad guy. There's there's again a lot going on here, but it's it's plotted. It, maybe you can back up me up on this. Sort of very theatrically. Yeah. Like, sure. I feel like like it moves as opposed to the Claremont issue, which is just like de- tons of details, just stacks of information. Yeah. While this is much more like. Piece of information dramatically flows into this other. You know, I think that comes a little bit from Trevor Fitzroy. Who, when I was a kid, I was like, he's the biggest badass ever. He's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And his whole thing is plans. Yeah. Like, as opposed to Magneto, is like, I'm going to magnetize a bunch of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, Trevor Fitzroy is like, I'm going to manipulate everybody to get it to a point until I get it to play diamond uniform. And that's what this is. Richard the Third. It's classic Richard the Third. Yeah, remember when Richard the Third got in his diamond suit. The upstarts are all Richard the Third. And, uh, yeah, they're the lords that he uh, slowly, slowly died. No, but, and especially the last page, which we can talk about a little bit later, is like right out of a Shakespearean yeah, tragedy. I will say I did laugh out loud at one point during this because it opens up with the Sentinels attacking the Reavers base in yeah. Australia, which I guess was the old X-Men base. Yeah. Um, and so we're kind of following that. And then we cut to the X-Men are going to the Hellfire Club because they wanted to truce because the Hellfire Club are under attack by the Upstarts. Yeah. So that's two villain teams in yeah. one. Uh, in one issue, and so the, the yeah. two the two stories coincide hilariously, in my opinion. Was like Donald Pierce, who's being attacked in Australia by Sentinels, runs to Gateway to teleport them. They teleport to the Hellfire Club, and Donald Pierce comes out, and Emma Frost is like, "Sentinels, no, Pierce, tell me you have it." And then a bunch of Sentinels just pop out. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, that just cracked me up for some reason. Like, how many are there? Yeah, boom. It's also scared. funny to me how like White Queen. His outfit kept changing to like more and less skinny. Yeah, it, like at the beginning, yeah. like yeah, like she was, and like a couple panels, she's just all white, and then a couple more, there's more, uh, more and less skin showing. Well, you can, uh, you can during a battle, there's a little bit of time to like make an outfit. Yeah, oh, <laughs> <laughs> same like during a, during a concert, you often change your costume. Yeah, yeah what seems like the Beyonce of it. Definitely. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Alice. You're welcome. Um, I do want to. This is getting a little bit off topic, but I just came across the August Coolometer or Coolometer. Oh, oh. bullpen bulletins. Remember that stuff. I uh, missed that stuff. <laughs> I like that. Uh, the coolest thing was Terminator 2, followed by James Brown in Jeeps. Jeeps? Jeeps. Jeeps. The coolest thing. Yeah, um, the, un- the most uncool thing was McLean Stevenson. I don't know who that oh, is. Oh, boy, that guy's so uncool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> nuclear Winter. Wait, I'm sorry. Was Nuclear Winter less uncool than McLean Stevenson? It was a little bit cooler. McLean Stevenson was very cool. Nuclear Winter. McLean Stevenson. And then the Cosby Show, which is kind of upsetting to me. Oh, yeah, the Cosby Okay. Also, um... Was it a uh, political correctness? Is also really uncool. And day Andrew Dice Clay. Day glow. Clothing. I gotta tell you, in 1991, I went to Marvel Comics letter page to find out what was cool. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I do want to point out that political correctness, uncool, global warming, cool. Wait, what? Global warming. Yeah. 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 Wait, on there. Nope. 
and we're still dealing with the ramifications of this. What's hilarious to me is it goes like this: goes Hudson Hawk, kind of in the middle. Then skateboards, not as cool as Hudson Hawk. What? Times have changed. Uh, don't have a countdown. I feel like this issue was kind of a deck-clearing exercise. Like, Mutant Genesis is happening, let's kill off the Reavers and the Hellions in one go. Yeah. All by one guy, Trevor Fitzroy, who's new. Which made me, I think that's the reason I thought he was a badass. Because for me, the Australian era of the X-Men, that was my era. That's oh, the yeah. thing that I love more than anything else. So when I was a kid, when I read this, the Trevor Fitzroy was so badass that he was able to kill the Reavers who were able to crucify Wolverine, which is the most badass yeah. thing ever. Yeah. I was like, well, he, he's big. They don't even what? show us, like, the Reavers all die off panel. Yeah. yeah. Like, they get beaten by Sentinels, which seems... But they're, they're yeah. jacked yeah. up. They're they're jacked be, up Sentinels. You'd think they'd be friends, though, because Sentinels would be like, we're all robots. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> hey, are we all robots? Uh, zero, yeah. one, 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 zero, zero. My friend. <laughs> <laughs> So the big, the big uh, things that have lasting ramifications from this issue are like the Hellions die, uh, yeah. Emma Frost is put into a coma, um, which lasts for three years. She comes back from the filing scope. Lasts is longer, am I right? Well, I'm just saying, until Cyclops kisses her with true love's kiss. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, uh, wait, hold on. Are you guys Cyclops Emma or Cyclops Jean? Cyclops, Cyclops, Cyclops Emma. Cyclops Emma. What? Emma. Oh. No. Cyclops Jean. Yeah. First off, boring, boring. <laughs> um, I, 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 I the one of the reasons I'm Cyclops Emma is because I'm Jean Wolverine. Oh, yeah, oh. motherfucker. Um, I would. No, no, you mean wear Wolverine jeans? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean white jeans white with their. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, are you guys want to play volleyball? Go <laughs> <laughs> Cyclops. <laughs> Volleyball spinning or white cut-off jeans? <laughs> volleyball spinning. No, white cut-off jeans is douchier. You made a, a choice to wear those for a day. I his volleyball happened for like a second, and you're like, this is so cool. He wore those je- white jean shorts the whole day. Yeah, but that was good. That was the thing back then. No one ever. You want to swim in white jean shorts? If you have you know what happens in your hand, you are resisting making cutoffs of all of your pants. I feel at all times, like I have knives right here, I could make these. Yeah, exactly. That's gonna be really hard. Yeah. To not cut all your jeans. Yeah, it's like Wolverine's nervous tick is like sleeves gone. If a man as hairy as Wolverine jumps in a pool wearing white cutoff jean shorts, he's gonna have a revealing afternoon. He's gonna have a revealing afternoon. All right. Cool! <laughs> uh, I would like to say I was more distracted and more interested in every single ad page or bullpen thing yeah. that I was in this comic. Yeah, this issue was crazy with the ads. And I, like, this it, it, this run of Uncanny X-Men is insane. And in a bad way. No, I, I don't know. This issue isn't as bad. The next two, where Bishop shows up, and I don't know, there's a lot of... Oh, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. <laughs> not just ad for Game Boy? I was like, are you kidding uh, Because I didn't read the next two. This is when Bishop shows up, the whole... Yeah, 282, at the end of 282, Bishop shows up. Okay. Um, and 283 awesome. is his first full appearance. Right, and that starts the whole payoff. Terrible, terrible, okay, not actual payoff of the Gene Grey video yep. where we're like, my God, something's killed, and it's like... Something's gonna kill us all. Oh no! I and the video turns off. Yeah. Yeah, that whole thing. When that when they redid that in onslaught '96, that blew my mind. Yeah. But 
But I thought that when I like Bishop being introduced as like saying that at the end of the X Men was drawing nine, he had to come back and fix it. Was that's a great yeah. I mean, yeah. It's right out of Terminator Two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, which is the coolest thing? Which is the coolest thing on the cool <laughs> <laughs> Very telling. So, Terminator <laughs> Two. Yeah. yeah. Terminator 2, it might be McLean Stevens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 283 Hudson Hawk shows up. Hudson Steals Hawk. a bunch of heart. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I never got to see all the women. If you look at this, they're using hairspray a lot. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. But I don't need What did you guys think of Vospertasio's art on this? I thought it was great. I like it. Trevor Fitzroy, even though I didn't, I hadn't read The Reapers. That wasn't sort of my thing when I was reading this. He was terrifying when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah, he's he's the only one where they're trying to kill him, and he's like, "Doesn't work. I'm wearing a diamond." <laughs> oh, I do like that when they're fighting, and Jean Grey is like, "I'm telekinetically holding the activity to his circuits." Yeah, it's like, does telekinesis do that? Does telekinesis stop circuits? You know what? Sure. She says it. I believe her. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Would you say things out loud? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's Trevor, also a comic book. Yeah, so. Trevor Fitzroy is one of those villains that was always vague to me. I wasn't exactly sure what his powers were. Did yeah. he redirect, redirect kinetic energy? He or absorbs, he channels like life energy from mutants, I think, uh-huh. into time portals, but he can only go back in time. <laughs> what an interesting person. <laughs> He's somebody, though, I think I could see a modern writer bringing him back and making. Right. Yeah, like making him a I would almost so. bet Rick I would like to see you take that yes. challenge. Right, exactly. right. I would like to see you take that challenge. Thank uh, you. Does anyone know where he is now in continuity? He no he well, he was the main villain of uh, the Bishop ongoing series, the last X-Men from the late 90s, and I think he died oh, yeah. at the end of that. Um, uh, I just want to talk about, if we're sort of wrapping up, the, this up. last page. Oh yeah, the last page. Which is, like reading it just the other day, oh, this, is, this takes a while. My fingers. Uh... Is was so after this huge battle, uh, it's all fucked up. Uh, there's a bunch of you hear a bunch of crowd, uh, very theatrical. We're saying at least a bunch of mutants died. Who cares? Yeah, they're saying like shitty things. It's a miracle no one but mutants were killed. <laughs> and someone in a uh, we like, check their jeans with our jeans splices. <laughs> someone who was taking his tie, uh, loosened his tie, says, "What is the meaning of this? How dare you burst into a private club, endangering innocent lives? I'll see you pay for this. Do you hear me? And pay dearly." Hey, Senator, I don't know how they do that. Senator Kelly. Yeah, lighten up. There's a girl dead here, or a dead girl here would make more sense, writer. <laughs> what? <laughs> Who? See for yourself, Senator. While Archangel and I allowed our focus to be diverted by the single sentinel attacking Colossus, the other two murdered our companion. Speak to us not of payment, Senator Kelly. That's straight up Shakespearean writing. Yeah, that's <laughs> Speak to us not of our... Uh, no, this is uh, Colossus. Whoa. Tonight the X-Men have paid in the most precious coin of all. And he's holding a dead, supposedly dead Jean Grey. But she has just switched her brain with Emma Frost, which is why the next two issues are crazy. Yeah. (laughs) That, to me, like, is so, especially when I first read this, so epic and so Shakespearean that I was just like, fuck yes. Also, Colossus English, not his native language. Yeah, he's he's a real (laughs) dancing boy. Yeah, Yeah, he he mastered English better than I have. (laughs) More good. Uh, So, (laughs) so this, this has been Mutant Genesis. Uh, it's interesting to see how Marvel did big, like, deck-clearing events in 91. Yeah. Because we just went through kind of one, a reshuffling. Yeah. Uh, and this was, it's kind of, the more things change, the more this did the same, you know? It is amazing yeah. to, to see how similar this was to what's happening now. Uh, yeah. It was very similar. I mean, like. And I, when I say now, I mean Marvel now. Yeah, Marvel now. Without yeah. Marvel, that's happening right now. Now! Now! <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, so thank you guys so much for coming along. And uh, so, oh, thank thanks you for having us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, listeners, you can you can check out these issues in a whole lot of different ways. Uh, yeah. they are, you're going to spend a lot of money to get some hardcovers or go check out I, I actually think there, there's an X-Men Mutant Genesis hardcover or softcover. There is buy. one, but it's the first eight issues of the Jim Lee Claremont uh, X-Men run. If you, want, yeah, if you want 281, you have to get the Bishop's Crossing hardcover. If you want the X-Force, you have to get X-Force Force to be reckoned with hardcover. But there were so many of the, uh, issues. Just go, just there were so many issues, so just go to like any dentist's office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Open your door, they're probably like... Or if you have a Christmas stocking, which yeah, probably... Uh, not to interrupt this flow or anything, but uh, since we're, it seems like we're wrapping yeah. up our epic podcast crossover event, at the end of a crossover, it always kind of teases the next thing that's going to come out. So what's the next? What's the next thing? What's going to come out of this crossover? Out of this crossover, um, yeah. two independent podcasts. Is <laughs> <laughs> my stay name. tuned. That's my if this is matching up with <laughs> Genesis, a lot of us are going to leave and go form our own podcasting company and leave our right. regular podcast to be hosted by Philips. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scott Lindell's going to be walking by and be like, "Hey, yeah. you guys need a host?" Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm really excited for dark Matt Brett Love comics. Oh yeah, yeah, that's gonna be pretty sweet. <laughs> and new comic book club, new secret comic book club. Yeah, yeah. Don't just shut down Wolverine. Go up, you spread it up. Okay. I would actually love to see a podcast that Spider Man and Wolverine do. That would be great. Spider Man and Wolverine. Yeah, Spider Man. You know, it would just be like Wolverine drinking while Spider Man's talking all the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> so, so our podcast, basically. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, thank you guys so much for being on the show. You guys can plug away. Uh, well, if you are if you haven't heard the first half of this uh, Crisis on Infinite podcast, you can check it out uh, on Comic Book Club Live or thenerdist.com. Yeah, nerdist.com for the podcast. Uh, Twitter. Yeah. Comic Book Live. He doesn't know. He doesn't oh, know. Yeah. I, don't, I don't do Twitter. Uh, Twitter, Comic Book Live. You can check us out on Facebook, Comic Book Club Live. Yeah, friend us on that. It's always yeah. good. Uh, just hit up uh, Pete on Facebook so he can uh, you know, really befriend you. And, and there you go. And if you're ever in New York City, we're yeah, live, see her live every show. Tuesday night, 7 o'clock at Fontana's. Totally free. So please come. These guys out. know what we're talking about. Yeah. Go to our website, mattbreadlovecomics.com. You can check out all of our back issues, some really awesome ones that we like. Our Kelly Sue DeConnick talking about Planetary. Yeah. We have Ryan Stegman talking about uh, The Death Ray. Uh, we have Chris Robeson talking about iZombie. We also have Jim from Parang from The Daily Show talking about X-Force. Benjamin Apple from Late Night with Jimmy Fallon talking about The Goon. A lot of really good episodes Ooh, you good. should check out. Uh, you can also like us on Facebook. We will talk to you there. Uh, you can also check out all our social media. Talk to us on Twitter, too. We'll talk to you there. <laughs> we'll talk to you uh, on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, don't bother uh, us. Thanks to our producer, Ben Regeeb, who hopefully hit the record button on this one. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. no one's here. Oh, no. Also, thanks to an audience. It's the first time we've done this in front of an audience. As always, I'm Matt, and I'm Brett, and we love comments. That's how you play. Yeah!